third line on that Lamed Ches Amod Aleph. So Ravacha Barada says, "B'marava paskin ladim sukkah letosa sukkin." In Eretz Yisrael, so it's interesting. Although we 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 just said that the ends of the the psukim ends, which are basically the all halacha l'moshem Sinai, still, there's apparently not everything is uh, concurred upon, um, and that's the thing. In Eretz Yisrael, they had a different tradition as far as what halacha l'moshem Sinai is. Is that this that we have as a single verse by their um, in their text? It's three separate verses, and that's Vayomer Hashem al Moshe, Yinei Anochi Ba Yilech Anon, and that's that pasuk. Is they break it up into three separate verses. Okay, Amr Rav Chaim Rechanina, an interesting. So it's sort of like an Agadita piece over here. Amr Rav Chana, Rabbi Chaim Rechanina, Lo He Lo Moshe. Moshe's wealth came to him only Elamipsulasan Shaluchos, only from the carvings out of the luchos. Which means that part of, um, you know, the, when you, you had to, the, the letters were, the, the luchos were made out of sapphire, very precious stone. And he, when he wrote the second set of luchos, it was done by Moshe Rabbeinu. So by him, um, break, you know, itching out the, the, the letters, it went to, um, he got to keep those pieces that he cut off. And from that, he became very wealthy. That's the, that's what, that's what the Pazuk is saying here. Uh, the Pazuk says, You shall hew for yourself uh, which means that whatever you cut out from the sapphire belongs to you. goes to you. Um, and that's how Moshe was very wealthy. Now, Fascinating idea that the Torah itself was really only given to Moshe and his children. And us, you know, the rest of us, really did not get the Torah. And that's written into the text, because write for you, hewn for yourself, uh, just like what you cut out is yours, also what you write is yours. So the luchos themselves were given to Moshe only, the Torah is all for Moshe. Um, so then how do, we, how do we have the Torah? So the Gemara explains, um, just uh, Moshe, uh, you put the vav in. Moshe, Moshe was generous, and he says, even though that I have the sole rights to the Torah, with his good eye, um, he he went and Israel and gave it to the Jewish people as well. So it's really only thanks to Moshe that we have the Torah. You know, from God's perspective, it's given to Moshe, and he could do with it as he pleases, keep it in in the family. But that is not what Moshe Rabbeinu did. And that's Vala because of Omer, it's on him that the Pasuk is saying, He's a good eye, he's generous, you know, he's not uh, selfish with the Torah knowledge that he gains, he shares it with all of us. Now, Rav Chizda has a problem with this drasha. You're telling me that the whole Torah is only given to Moshe? How do you read the Pasuk we just read earlier? The God commanded me at that time, the Lamedeschem, to teach you. Quite clear that God is expecting Moshe to give it over to the rest of us. So what's the deal? So, uh, so the Gemara says, no, the Ositiva. God only commanded that He commanded me on the Torah. But I, on my own, am That was not from God. It's like basically a different way of reading it. 
Uh, we have another question. Uh, Pasuk says, Look, I, do, I teach you those statutes and the laws as God commanded me. So again, doesn't that sound like God commanded me to teach it to you? Or is it no? OCT, but God commanded the laws to me, and I'm teaching them to you. Okay, fascinating, whatever. Very different way of thinking. Okay, Pasuk says, um, didn't Moshe tell Kal Yisrael that you have to write the, uh, the Hazinu? It sounds like that's a requirement. So what, what's the deal with that? So the Gemara says, Hashira um, Lechuda, that's um, just the Shira. Well, you're right, they have a mitzvah on the Shira. The Shira was taka for Kal Yisrael. Laman tia li Hashira azos le'ed b'vnei Yisrael. Um, does that mean uh, that 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 it should be an aid for Bnei Israel? It should be a testimony for the Jewish people. So it sort of doesn't really read in very well. How are you saying this? Um, um, so that's the question. So the Gemara answers. Um, so so uh, again, which which it, it wouldn't be a testimony unless it's referring to. All of the Torah. That's kind of what the the question here is. Um, let me just uh, find the. Okay, so the way it is is that if the, if it was just the Shira alone, then what? There's no testimony. The testimony is obviously not just the song, but the entire Torah. So the Gemara says you're absolutely right. What does that mean? Is that Moshe was given the pilpul of the Torah, which means the depths of the Torah. We were always supposed to get the Torah, not like we said before, that the Torah is really the sole rights of Moshe. But what it means is, is that the deeper levels of the understanding of Torah, that was really granted only to Moshe, but Moshe shared it with us out of his generosity. Okay. So we were commanded to observe the Torah. By yes, in the end, the, the, right, that, that's why we're modifying it. We're not saying that the entire Torah was not meant for us at all. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why the Gemara didn't say like doesn't it say a hundred times in the Torah at least like Daber Hashem El Moshe Lemor like you know Daber Bnei Yisrael. I mean, yeah, say it over then speak to the Jewish people. I mean, every mitzvah was introduced with that you know refrain of that God told them speak to the Jewish people and share this information. But, so but that's different than a, than a commandment, isn't it? Does God command us to? God spoke to Moshe saying, tell the Jewish people this, tell the Jewish people that. So they were supposed to have all the knowledge. But it sounds like that the knowledge is what was given, that we needed to know, like the laws, you know what I'm saying? Like we were supposed to be on a level like, you know, okay, this is what we need to do. You know, like just the level of like learning halacha, like knowing what we have to do. But uh, as far as the deeper levels of learning, that was really the domain strictly of Moshe. And Moshe's generosity is what gave it over to us. That's what we're sort of parsing over here. The right. pilpul. Don't we have a direct pasuk that, you know, God commanded us to keep this Torah? God commands you, or I command you to observe this, this law. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm, I'm bothered why we only looked at a few, you know, like his questions were very limited. And were, I don't know, I'm curious if there's more commentaries that talk on this or ask questions on this, because... Like you say, it's it's like the Torah is replete with references of the the Jewish people being commanded to keep the Torah. What right. do you mean? All the all the tochacha is because you didn't learn Torah in depth, so therefore all the terrible things are going to happen. Right. So what do you mean? Where's the what's the story with that? 
Okay, I don't know. I don't. I don't have answers. Okay. So I got it to Gemara. I don't know. I'm not sure. You don't have to have all the answers. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, it's whatever it is. It's clear that there's some deeper level that that Moshe yeah. did not have to give over to us. Right. The dialectic. And that, says, they use the word dialectic. Right. Did back and forth the, the, the nuances. Right. Exactly. Depth, and that Moshe. The methodology it says. Right. Okay. Amr of Yochanan. Next piece. When God bestows His divine presence, He only does so. He needs the person needs to have all these qualities. He has to be strong, he has to be wealthy, he has to be bright, smart, and be humble. Those are the, all the requirements. And we learn them all from Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe had all those qualities, and we use him as the paradigm of what all, all prophets need to have, share all these qualities. Now, Gibor, how do you know that Moshe was a Gibor? I mean, he was, this, he was able to spread the Ohel on the Mishkan by himself, that takes a lot of height, and assumedly if he's so big, then he has to be commensurately strong. Um, so, he did it all himself. And it's ten amas tall. So he obviously was extremely big, and if he was big, he was probably strong as well. So Gemara says, who says? Maybe he was really, you know, tall and skinny. Okay? Didn't have much muscle, but, you know, he needed to be that height only. So Ella, you write me. I think it's a different verse. The Chizvo, I suppose, b'shnei luchos, v'ashlichim al'shtei odai, v'ashabrin. I grabbed the two luchos and I threw them from both my hands and I broke them. Now the luchos um, was solid stone, basically of uh, sapphire. V'etanya luchos archon shisha. They were six. V'rachvan shisha by six. V'avidin shlosha and with by three. So six by six by three, that's a very solid, heavy, uh, heavy stone. And uh, it takes a tremendous amount of strength. So he must have been mighty. Okay. Ashir, where do I know that Moshe was rich? He has all the sapphire, and that's another. That's how we know he was rich as well. Chacham, how do you see that he was smart? Rabbi Shmuel, both Rabbi Shmuel explain. There 50 levels of understanding that the Torah was created with. Moshe had reached every level humanly possible, 49, up, you know, 50, just under 50. Then the public says, He was one, one drop less than God himself, meaning God's knowledge was one level above Moshe's. It didn't have the perfect, it just being a human being in living in this world can't grant you full knowledge. But uh, everything up to that. So he was extremely wise as well. And Anav, how do you know Moshe was an Anav? As the Pasuk says, that's very famous. Okay. So those are all the qualities that all the Vim to get the Divine Presence. The rest of them need to have that. All the Vim were rich. Where do I know that? Moshe, Shmuel, and Amos, and Yonah are examples throughout the ages of the Nevi'im who we find were wealthy. Now, um, how do you know that they were all wealthy? So we're going to go through all, all, all four of these. I never took a donkey from any of them. There's Moshe talking about the door of Korach, and he's saying, I was 
completely independent. I never came on to anybody. I never took a donkey from them. Now, what are we talking about? He never took a donkey from somebody. Iblak, or if he didn't hire a donkey, meaning, you know, pay some money. What's he trying to laud himself? Is like, you know, don't take their, don't listen to their prayers because, you know, I never stole their donkey. <laughs> I never took it without wages. Of course, I'm not going to, that's not, that's not something to be very proud of, that he didn't grab it from them. Even to pay, he never did. Why? Because he was able to, he was capable of being completely independent. So Gemara says, that doesn't prove he's wealthy. Could be that he never he never rented a a, a donkey from another guy because he couldn't afford to. You know, <laughs> it's another way to be independent. You have to have money to come on to other people. Okay. You're right. We only know it from He had the money from that from the uh, the the what he cut out from the luchos. Shmuel, how do I know Shmuel was rich? I never took anyone's bull or anyone's donkey. Um, if it's not taking it for free, so that's he's coming to say that, you know, I'm better than the guy who, who just grabs things for nothing. You know, like unlawfully, that's not that's nothing to be proud of. Even for wages, he never took. So the verse says again, same question as before. Maybe he was poor. You're right, that's not a raya that Shmuel was rich. He could have been very poor as well. So where is the source? Pasuk says, He went to the the Rama because that's where his house was. Wherever he went, he had his house with him. Uh, what that means is, is that he had a house in every town. Okay, so he had a lot of real estate. That's what, that's what we're saying here. So Shmuel was a wealthy man. Okay. In a sense, Shmuel's qualities are greater than Moshe's own qualities. That what that means is that he never even paid for somebody to rent a donkey from him. Even if they, um, you know, even if they were willing, he wouldn't hire it, which means that it's in a way like you know sometimes people say that they are willing to rent it, and they don't really mean it. So he like never he never came on to anybody. You never like you know put on us the pressure um, that to, to see if they're willing to do any something. Okay. Next we saw is Amos. The Chesed of the Pesach says, "Ve'an Amos ve'yomer el Amatzia." Amos said to Amatzia, "Lo navi anachi, lo ben navi anachi. I'm not a navi. I'm not a son of a navi. Ki boker an yachi. I'm just a simple uh, cowboy. Okay, but that's what boker means. He uh, deals with cattle, cattleman. Uvoles shiklim, which means because in Tagma of Yosef, as Rav Yosef translates what that's referring to, are mari gisiana." Uh, he has a lot of cattle, um, and Bishikman um, Bishiflasa. So again, he had a lot of real estate. He had ranches. He was a wealthy, wealthy cowboy. Okay. Next, Yona Dixiva He gave the wages, and he went down in the ship, in the hold of the ship. What do you see? He paid for the entire ship. He says, "I don't need anybody. I want to go now, and uh, I'll pay for the whole ship." Obviously. Typically, when a ship goes out, right, 
and you know, it's like pay, it's like a private plane, private jet. You got to be wealthy for that. Okay. Amar Avrumnos Scharishal Sfinahabia. Dalit Alafim Dinri Dava. The wages for one for a ship is four thousand gold dinarim. Um, it's a it's an enormous amount of money. Obviously, every person pays for their one person and take everybody else, but he paid for the entire wages. So Amar Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yochanan says, Originally, Moshe would study the Torah and forget the Torah. Meaning he would learn it from God, and the next time he would like not remember what he learned. God finally granted him as a gift that it should stay with him. It's a little hint in the text that uh, that it was like a like a bride that he, uh, that he was given as a gift, like a like a groom gives a gift to the bride. Okay, which brings us to the new Mishnah. Again, we're continuing in what a man is allowed to do on behalf of somebody who made a vow not to benefit from him. And uh, we mentioned teaching Torah in the last Mishnah, so moving on from there, other examples. I'm allowed to feed his wife and children, even though he is chayv in their food. I'm allowed to feed them as well. That's not called giving him benefit, we'll see why. But his animal, not. I'm not allowed to feed his animal. Whether that animal is non-kosher animal, it's his dog, or, or it's his kosher animal. I'm not allowed to feed either of them. And Reb Lezomer is under to me. You're allowed to feed the non-kosher animal because he's not eating his dog, uh, and therefore, you know, you feed the dog, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't uh, give him any benefit. Um, not, uh, but uh, but the kosher animal. Um, if you fatten up the kosher animal, that's going to give him benefit. He's more meat. Okay, now, so they asked him, what's the difference between the Tum and the Torah? His soul goes to heaven, but he gets to eat the body. Everything's going to heaven, and therefore you gain nothing. The guy gains nothing from having a fat dog. Ron, the Ron explained that we're not talking about the regular feeding that's the basic sustenance, because that would surely benefit him. We're talking about the overfeeding. He's already ate, and I'm giving something extra. So the fat dog doesn't give him no benefit, but a fat cow, he you know is more, more meat. So more that what more valuable at market. Right, exactly, it's right. Better. So Amrilo, so they told him, "What are you talking about?" Afa tamei and after the shemayim begul b'shalom. Why shemirza reu mochel of the kavim or machilu the kavim? You know, you know, there's uh, even if it's let's say a horse, whatever, nobody's they're not eating it, but it you know he can profit from the extra meat that's on there, um, even if he personally cannot eat it. So that's why they disagree. Okay. Um Rav Yisroel Bar Chananya, Rav Yisroel Bar Chananya says, "Am Rav Huna Hamudar Anam Chaver Mutar Lahasilo Bito." If a person makes a vow from his friend, he's allowed to marry off his daughter to him. Okay, so he could take him as a son-in-law. That's not called. Even though you, that's not called giving him a benefit. Right? No, uh, no, no benefit. No, no, no. You're giving your daughter to your son-in-law. That's not benefiting him. Okay, okay. How does that make your daughter feel? Okay, Avi Barabizera, so Abizera says, wait a second. But my skin, what are we talking about? We're talking about where the property of the father of the bride is forbidden to the to the groom. That's what we're talking about. Sahare, most of the Shivcha the Shamsha. 
course you're giving him benefit. You're giving him a wife who's going to clean up after him, who's going to do the laundry, who's going to cook. What are you talking about? That's not benefiting him. We're talking about the, the, the son-in-law gives no benefit to the father-in-law. Okay? So the Gemara says, that that's, what, that's what you're talking about? Because he's going to feed his daughter? We have Beferish Mishnah over here. I mean, you're allowed to direct, forget about marrying the daughter and he's going to feed his wife. It's, uh, you're, you're, uh, he's allowed to feed your children directly. Even if they're still by you. So the Gemara says, and even though the father is obligated in their food. That's obvious. So the Gemara says, we're talking about over here, talking about when the father's property is prohibited to the chasen, to the groom. We're talking about where she's above it. She's older already. She's after, she's, and she's past. She's not under the control of the father. And she was the one who agreed to it. So that's not called me benefiting because I'm not, you know, the daughter is on her own wanting to marry this guy. So that's not called me giving a benefit. I'm not doing anything. She on her own is going to marry him. So even though my daughter is clearly going to benefit him, that's not called the benefit that's coming from me. That's the difference. Okay. Somebody says, I'm not going to benefit from my friend. I can't marry him to my daughter. However, that's if she's a minor. Because then I am giving him benefit because I'm the one who's marrying her off. But if she's above age, where she makes her decisions of the marriage, and she, and it's her, and she decided to marry him, that would be okay. That's really what we're saying here. Amr of Yaakov. Rav Yaakov says, Interesting idea. Sometimes a person wants his son to be focused on learning, and he doesn't want him to be busy serving him and preparing his food and everything, because so he, he takes too, time, too much time away from Torah. So I, I'm not a lot of benefit from my son. So nevertheless, that doesn't include certain basic, you know, small activities. That's not a big deal. So, the son can fill him up a barrel of water. It's not called, you know, it's not going to be too much time. To light the candle, that he can turn on the light. These are minor things. That's not called, what he, that's not what he meant when he said, I vow not to benefit from my son. What he meant was things that are going to be long-winded, timely things, like work in my business, you know, be busy, you know, from day and night, you know, in the sweatshop, that's what we're talking about is that, that he's excluding. But uh, stuff, like, little things like this, minor, small activities that a son might do for a father, that's perfectly, not, that's actually not included. Rabbi Yitzchak Omar, he can fry up a little fish, you know, for him, all that's included. Even though you, you, there's a vow not to benefit, but to give him a cup of peace, you know, pour, you know, pour, you know, it's uh, giving it him to drink. That is allowed. What is the koshal So my new, what is that? Over here we translate koshal beisa That's the cup that they give to the mourner, a cup of wine to help him. And uh, Rashi, the Ran is clear, careful to explain. This is not talking about where he's giving him from his own stuff to the other guy. We're talking about I'm taking his wine and pouring him wine and serving it to him. Okay, so then uh, my benefit of the service is not called giving him benefit in that case. 
Marava Ami, they have a different pshat, kosho besamerchatz. It was customary to give a drink, or in the bathhouse you get, uh, you know, a little bit too much heat, um, and afterwards you need a little something to drink. That So just the, the basic activity of a little bit of uh, bringing them the cup of water, that's not what's included. It's not what he meant. Just like a father doesn't mean that to his son, that's not what he meant when he said he's not going to benefit from this other person. Now, we talked about the, the animal. What's the difference? Yeshua says, When the person is feeding his slaves and maidservants, the non-Jewish ones, uh, that you're allowed to do. Okay? Not his animal. So what's the difference between the slaves and the animals, whether kosher or not. Any animal, when you're fattening it up, it makes it more uh, valuable and you're actually giving it benefit. Uh, again, we're talking about not the basic food for their sustenance, overeating. But uh, having a slave over, overeating is actually, he, all, they only gain from them is their work. Uh, being fat, you know, having a fat slave does no benefit for the, for the owner. Basically, that's really what it's saying, and therefore it's not considered a benefit. All right, this is a good stopping point. We'll take it from the Mishnah, and that's that.